Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Sustainability Issue Podcast. I'm Desi, your host, and I'm super happy to have you here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today I'm very, very excited because I have with me Mare, the founder of Essen The Label. Essen is a shoe brand that was born as a response to the fast fashion industry and the poorly constructed footwear offering on the market. The foundation of the brand is a well-curated range of classic shoes with an edge that creates the basis for a perfect capsule wardrobe and is produced in a sustainable and eco-friendly way. But rather than me telling you more upfront, I'll just let Mare tell us more about it herself. Mare, thank you so much for being on the show today. And I'd like to start by asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into fashion and sustainability. Um, I guess going all the way back, um, I grew up in the Netherlands um, and my family, with my family, we spent a lot of time in nature. Um, thinking of early memories, I was always making things. My mom was always um, sewing things, repairing things. And so I think subconsciously I've learned to recycle and really care for the environment and care for your belongings uh, from a very young age. And I've always really loved being creative. Um, I was always outdoors, but also in, indoors, like drawing and, and sketching and sewing. Um, but I didn't, I, I didn't see myself doing something creatively 24-7. Like I'm quite a curious, uh, I have a curious personality and I always really like understanding the why behind things as well. Um, and now as I've gotten older, the, the data and the insights. And so I um, studied international fashion management in Amsterdam, where I'm from. And um, this was a degree that really kind of balanced those two aspects for me. It really kind of allowed me to be creative, but then also really back it up with the business side. Um, and I did an exchange program in Melbourne, Australia, which is how I ended up all the way over here. Um, and I just fell in love with the city, the creative scene. It's got this incredible DNA. Um, it's very supportive. Uh, and I kind of stuck around. So um, after years of working for creative agencies in design and brand strategy, uh, I started working as a brand manager at a footwear wholesaler. And um, this is where I really learned the ins and outs of product development and the technical aspects and what it really takes to construct a beautiful shoe. And so from that moment, I was hooked. <laughs> That's quite an exciting journey. But is there uh, was there a so-called aha moment for you or something that really pushed you over the edge and made you start the brand? Despite working in the fashion industry and then more specifically the footwear industry at the time is I was constantly searching for, you know, sophisticated shoes that had a timeless design that were ethically made and comfortable, but without the designer price tag. And this is going back a few years, but there was really the, either the cheap, really um, trendy product that you would get rid of after a couple of seasons or the really expensive high end, but there wasn't really anything in that middle segment. And um, so it was really difficult to find. And after having this conversation with friends just one too many times, I decided I just want to try and create the perfect um, collection of 
quality water of staples myself. Um, I've always thought great shoes are an investment. Um, you know, they, they really can complete an outfit. And with SN, um, I really combined the classic with the contemporary and wanted to make shoes that you'll have for many years to come. And I, I do, I truly believe less is more. It's uh, how I've always lived my life, how I've been brought up, as I mentioned earlier. And when working in a fashion industry, I was just so frustrated by seeing how oversaturated it was with disposable products that were really badly made. Um, and so SN was really founded in response to that. Um, that is a conversation I can totally relate to and I myself had with my friends as well. Uh, and I think it's really amazing that you're moving away from the traditional seasons in fashion and offering pieces that are completely timeless. But did you start with this concept in mind and did you start as a sustainable brand? Or did the sustainability aspect emerge, so to say, along the way? Um, I think at its core, it really went back to fashion having a waste problem and me wanting to do something about it and um, aspiring to create a brand that would have a more conscious pace and process and where I could make things with genuine care and detail. Um, and SN, as it is now, is really, uh, it's a permanent collection of no compromise pieces. So timeless classics that I've tried to reimagine in new ways so that they feel familiar, but interesting, they're chic, but they don't require too much effort. And uh, moving away from traditional seasons and not being focused on this cal fashion calendar really allows me to take the time and care in making sure that the fit is perfect, that it is indeed a timeless design, that the people that are manufacturing the shoes are um, producing them according to, you know, ethical, social um, um, standards. And um, because it's a careful curation of these seasonless staples, um, and I try, like, I price honestly all year round, I never go on sale either. Um, and then the idea of that is that slowly over time, customers can create or curate their own range of um, year round footwear. So the idea is that, you know, with a, after you've had a couple of purchases from SN, you have your perfect shoes to wear out or to work or on the weekends. Um, and when I launched SN, sustainability wasn't really part of the conversation. Uh, there weren't many stylish, many stylish or fashionable options around. Um, but from the very start, I was really focused on wanting to slow fashion down and encouraging conscious consumption, creating timeless designs and producing responsibly. But I'm, I have a bit of a a problem, I guess, with the word, or I'm hesitant to use the word sustainable because it is so overused at the moment and it's impossible to be 100% sustainable. There's no such thing. So for me, it's more about being responsible and aware and conscious and really transparent in, in you know, all the room for improvement that there's still to go. And trying to make a change and, and constantly improving as I learn new things. 
because for a small grant like SN, it is really challenging to pay for the significant infrastructural changes, um, you know, to trace all my materials, even the letter industry, and I can tell you a little bit more about that later, but um, it's, it's a very difficult subject, but we have to find a way. And I think it starts with collaboration with other designers and sharing what we know and wanting to make a difference. Um, and I think now that public pressure on fashion to reduce its waste and its carbon footprint is growing and people are willing to spend more money on sustainability too, that really helps. Um, but then there is so much work to be done. Um, and so for footwear specifically is the, the real challenge at the moment is all the different components that go into the shoe. So uh, for a single pair, sometimes you have up to 50 components that all come from different manufacturers or different suppliers. And not everyone in the supply chain is able to meet my standards instantly. Um, but if they're willing to put in the effort um, and they're willing to try, then we can work through this together. And then it's just starting a continuous conversation and collaboration. And I think this is really key um, and just being transparent. Absolutely agree. And you've already touched upon your factories. And when I look at your website, I see that you're really transparent about the factories that you work with. But can you tell a little bit about how you choose the factories? And how can you ensure that ethical standards are met while managing the brand all the way from Melbourne? <laughs> uh, look, it is a challenge. Um, but like with everything, it's really about getting the quality right. And because I wanted to do it right, I've started really small. Um, at the very beginning, I just knew that the most beautiful shoes are made in Italy, Portugal and Spain by artisans that have been making shoes for generations. And so that's where I started looking for partners um, to start creating my shoes. Um, fast forward a few years, all our styles are made by local family-run factories. Um, and they are really responsible for every, for the construction of every pair that we make. So this involves the letter selection, the engineering of the last, the finishing of the shoes, the pattern cutting, um, and every pair of shoes is made by someone who really cares, um, which is what probably what I love the most in this process. It's really tapping into the pleasure of knowing that you're making something of real quality. Um, and over time, I've, I've become really good friends with everyone involved. But getting started was very difficult. And um, I was very lucky that because I worked for this footwear wholesaler, I slowly got to meet a lot of different uh, manufacturers and suppliers and I was open about wanting to create a brand that would do things differently and um, so a friend was willing to make an introduction uh, the first factory that I started working with or I should call it a workshop they still we still work together to this date um, and con because convincing factories to change the way they operate, especially when I didn't have an established brand yet and really how they make their money is high volume generally uh, was incredibly difficult. Um, but um, I've been working for, with the same workshops for years now. And um, this has allowed me to manage things remotely for now, um, now that we can't travel at the moment. Uh, and it also means that I'm just very strict with, I'm not 
um, working with any new suppliers until I can start traveling again. So the factory network or the workshops, I know the people inside out. I know the workers really intimately. I know their work standards, the certificates, the internal waste management systems. I know that they're solar, oper um, solar powered. So for now I'm okay. But um, if I want to release new styles in the new year and they can't do that within their current skill set, I will need to travel to make sure that um, new partners kind of abide by my standards um, and making sure that um, they're producing a quality product that's also ethically made. I think this is really cool because you going to them and teaching them requiring new practices can have a, an impact on the industry as a whole and on the way they work with other customers as well in the future. Yeah, it, it's been a real collaboration um, and it, it took some convincing up front, but there are a lot of benefits to the way that I work. Not immediately because they're so focused or traditionally focused on volume but I produce when it's generally low season. Um, I only uh, sample what I sell as opposed to sampling a hundred different styles and then only producing a couple. Um, I can help them with their cash flow throughout the year because there's peaks and troughs normally in the production cycle. And um, the styles that do sell well, I can go back to really quickly. So we can be really focused and really targeted. Uh, and the styles that I have in my range, I have them for years, not one season. So there's not that pressure to constantly create newness. Um, and now that they see that we can evolve the processes, um, which is really exciting. So you're right, like it's absolutely just starting that conversation and then collaborating, um, which is the most exciting part. Absolutely. Collaboration is so important. I'd like to also talk to you about materials. It's a big discussion in the sustainability space, which materials are more sustainable and whether vegan leather alternatives are really better for, for the environment or not. So I would like you to tell us a little bit more about your choice of materials and why you've chosen to work with them. Um, at its core, for me, it's just really important to create shoes that will last a very long time. And leather um, as a material is durable and it's meant to last. And so I work with really specific high quality leathers that have a minimum impact on the environment and the people that actually handle them, uh, such as chrome free or aniline leathers. Um, and then other materials that I use are recycled rubbers or even in my packaging, it's recycled cardboard. Um, but it's really hard because particularly with leather, it's a touchy subject and um, leather can be a lasting eco-friendly material. And, Transparency across the supply chain is growing, um, but until now, leather has been overlooked. And the leather production process involves so many stages, it's really difficult to trace. Um, but I'm very happy to see that there's progress. So the, the, leather and um, the leather and luxury industries are working hard now to create a more transparent supply chain. Tanneries are adopting tighter safety protocols um, to make sure that it keeps chemicals from polluting the environment um, and the EU's REACH guidelines have used uh, 
have banned the use of Chrome in certain products. So there is, uh, there is a lot of change happening and traceability can now be achieved or partially at least. Uh, so there's new uh, certification standards by, for instance, the Leather Working Group. Uh, but we do need a lot of industry commitment and especially from the large luxury brands. Um, because when you know how your letter is being sourced, you can trace it all the way back to the networks of farms, uh, where the hides originate from, uh, so you can make sure that, you know, the cattle was treated well, uh, the environment was looked after, and then following that process, knowing how the letter is being processed, uh, and you can take actions like reducing or eliminating the use of harmful uh, chemicals in tanning, which is still a big problem. And then, Hata is asking customers to consider synthetic leather, but in my opinion, this can have significant environmental issues on its own because most vegan leather is made of plastic or uh, polyurethane specifically, or PVC, polyester, and they're all non-biodegradable materials made from fossil fuels. So you kind of, it's, you know, it just depends on how it's applied and, and how, uh, and its intended use. But I think if all brands and consumers demand stand certain standards and buy accordingly, it will send quite a strong message to the farmers, the tanneries um, about the desire and support for new best practices and changing the way we currently do things. Yes, I absolutely agree. In the end, it's all about traceability of the materials and really making sure that those harsh chemicals that harm people and um, pollute our waters are kept out of the process. Now, switching gears a little bit, I would like to talk about pricing. Because there is this perception in the sustainability, in sustainable fashion field, that sustainable fashion needs to be very expensive. And this makes it super hard for people to actually make the switch. But Essen as a brand offers premium products that are still at a, an accessible price point. And I'd like to hear more about how the prices come together and are there any challenges you're facing with regards to that? So um, all shoes, all Essen shoes are handmade in luxury factories or workshops. Um, some of them are the same that produce your favorite designer shoes. But by selling direct to the consumer and um, now operating an on-demand production model, I can connect directly with women and better understand what they need um, and offering my designs at a fair price um, without having the hyperinflated markups. It doesn't mean I've got to be very disciplined. I mean, I love beautiful packaging, um, but there's so much waste that comes with it. So I try and really cut it down to the essentials. Um, and by going direct rather than going through wholesale channels, I can keep prices accessible, but also keep the product quality really high. Um, as I mentioned I, uh, earlier, like I now offer styles and colors that are exclusively made to order. And on-demand production really means that your shoes are only made when an order is placed. So you get something made specifically for you, uh, but this, in the background allows me to research what new styles to invest in, what colors are working. And so I only produce what I sell. Um, so when you place an order, uh, particularly a, made to, um, a style that's made to order, you're getting something made that's especially um, 
constructed for you in a vetted um, ethical factory. It helps minimize waste, overproduction, and um, I can use my resources a lot smarter, uh, which also really helps keeping the production costs low per pair. And um, this way I can keep the price of my shoes smart too. Um, and the additional benefit for me is that I think when you purchase products that are made to order, you likely feel more attached to it after you've had to wait for a while. And I think it teaches us as consumers to think about each purchase before you buy um, and to choose the long term. Um, but there's obviously a lot of challenges with this too. Um, by going direct to the consumer as a brand, it means that I've had to create my own marketing uh, network. Um, there's quality and fit uh, challenges, especially as a small unknown brand. Um, customers initially aren't quite sure. Um, I keep my margins really small, so um, there's not a lot of room for error. But I think over time and being really confident with the uh, manufacturing partners that I have now, I really truly believe it's the way forward. And it's about a very slow and steady um, growth rather than again, selling high volume, um, and we can be a lot more targeted this way. Absolutely. I think this is a step in the right direction for solving fashion industry's huge um, overstock problem. I'd like to talk to you about your customers as well. I myself have had many conversations with sustainable fashion founders and there's one thing that everybody agrees on and that is that you simply need to offer a great product and sustainability needs to just be self-explanatory as far as SM products go i'm convinced people don't need to compromise since i'm already a huge fan of your designs but can you still tell us about your customers and do you think they come to you only for the designs or do they care about the sustainability aspect as well? Um, I think for me, they go hand in hand. Uh, I really believe that you shouldn't have to choose. Um, and this is really important for me when I design any of my products. They need to be design led, but really comfortable uh, or as comfortable as they can be if it's for instance a heel. Um, and ethically made, but it takes time and <laughs> a lot of discipline. Um, but my design philosophy is really focusing on what is essential and just get rid of the rest. Um, and it's where the name comes from. So SN is short for essentials. And they really need to be more exactly what you need. Um, and I'm really inspired by just day-to-day -day life, um, our day-to-day -day realities. Um, we need effortless essentials that you know, balance that design aspect, but then also interesting details and then the comfort aspects. And really, so at a product level, my goal is to create hardworking classics. So shoes that you can wear for any occasion. Um, but then in my design process, um, I also think about designing better systems as we touched on earlier um, and thinking about the entire process and the entire supply chain in a more holistic way. And my intention really is for my shoes to retain their value and for customers to create a long-term relationship with them rather than just a short fling and moving on to the next look. Um, and I think consumers, 
especially this year, um, are really looking for better quality pieces that are made from beautiful, high quality and ideally sustainable materials. Um, and so brands will need to shift away from this fast fashion system uh, into a more considered and conscious approach. But um, particularly as it's been highlighted over the last few months, I think the environment is the most precious resource we've had, we have. And it really is our responsibility to do everything that we can to preserve it. And so we're continually looking at ways that we can keep improving, make a positive impact. Um, and I think the fashion industry has been forced into a stillness and take a moment instead of chasing this relentless pace that we usually operate in. And many brands are assessing now if the current system actually still serves them anymore. So in that sense, it's, it's hopefully bringing some positive change. Absolutely agree. I think if anything, 2020 really made us reassess on so many levels globally. And of course, it made so many problems inherent to the fashion industry even more obvious. For example, many global brands placed orders before the crisis in countries such as Bangladesh, which then during the crisis they weren't able to or didn't want to pay up for when they had to cancel them, which left so many workers on the streets and without a job. And so I wonder what challenges did you as a brand face and how did you manage them? Um, well, I think as, as you mentioned, the, the pandemic has really highlighted how much waste traditional fashion manufacturing generates. And I think particularly when the lockdown really began in March, so many people lost interested in buying fashion and, and shoes. Uh, and many brands are stuck with old inventory. And I'm personally, I'm quite concerned with the flow on effect and the black market of all this excess, excess stock that will probably follow. Um, but I'm really hopeful that people have also really reconsidered their purchasing uh, behavior and hopefully start buying less and better quality pieces that last. Um, I've personally, I've run a send really lean from the start um, and now producing on demand and not to seasons has also really allowed me to pause my operation when really sales were almost at a standstill uh, from one day to the next and, and really um, quickly adapt to that decline in consumer demand. Like I haven't had to worry about putting unsold stock on hold or figuring out how to get rid of it. My fulfillment center is in Europe, uh, very close to where the factories are. So it allows me to produce in small batches and keep minimum stock levels but quickly respond to when a certain style or size does sell or now as consumer confidence is picking up again, respond to that too. Um, but it's been really hard. Um, as I mentioned, sales were very slow. No one was leaving their houses. So um, the need for footwear wasn't <laughs> very great. And I also work with small family uh, run workshops, as I mentioned. And when the pandemic hits, um, I've really been fighting for their future. Um, and sadly, as a small independent footwear brand, um, we couldn't fill the order void for some of the factories to keep 
them in production. So there's one factory in Spain, it's a family run business and has been making shoes for over a hundred uh, years, sorry, nearly a hundred years, I should say. And they had to close their doors in, in May. Um, so that was really incredibly sad, especially because I've developed such close relationships with each and every one of them. Um, we're now working really hard together and maybe partnering with all the artis artisans in the area and working on a solution that um, allows them to share their resources and overheads. So hopefully I'll have some positive news to share um, soon. But yeah, my, my manufacturers and my um, partners are everything. And even now with the second lockdown in Europe, uh, another Portuguese workshop that I'm working with is really going to have to um, rethink about how they operate. So we're just working behind the scenes on seeing how we can get through this next period. Absolutely. I think this personal relationship is so important and really working together with suppliers to find solutions and to navigate through these times. And I think we're coming to our last question. And I always like to end um, on an actionable note. So I'd like to ask you, is there something, is there one thing that you can um, advise our listeners so that they can have a more sustainable approach to their wardrobes tomorrow? I think uh, our own closets are a problem that each of us can solve. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, and why I'm really passionate about this on manufacturing, on-demand manufacturing procedure is, um, it, it encourages you to teach yourself to think about each purchase before you buy and to really choose the long term and save money for something that you dream about and not buying something you can immediately access. I think that's really important. Um, and of course, you know, repairing um, and re-wearing items that you already have. But for me, it's really about choosing the long term and investing in quality pieces that last. I love that. And I think this is also the best way to finish our conversation. So Mare, thank you so much for being on the sustainability issue. I loved having this conversation with you and learning more about the great work that you're doing. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for having me.